Hi, welcome to the Commission Podcast. My name is Adam Aluli. I run the media and comms here at Commission London. I'm Richard Perkins. I'm the director of uh, Church Planting. And welcome to the first episode in our new series on planting. We want to give you a taste of what it's like to start new churches with interviews with church planters from around the city. We'll talk to our own planters in the network and we'll also talk to like-minded ministry partners. People who like us share a heart for reaching the lost of our city. Along the way, we'll hear repeated stories of godly people stepping up to get these plants off the ground. We'll hear stories of answered prayers and God opening and closing doors as he guides his mission. And most importantly, we'll hear stories of people brought to saving faith through the evangelistic activity of ordinary Christian men and women. It's going to be encouraging. We're going to hear from Matthew Jones, uh, who is the lead planter and pastor of Grace Church Beckenham. And he's going to tell us the story of how that church got started, or uh, as we'll discover, got restarted um, during, the, during the pandemic. Matt Jones, great guy. Can you tell our audience just a bit about him? Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll get a flavour of, of Matt and what he's like as we hear him interviewed. He'll say a little bit about his family, but Matt trained at Oak Hill Theological College uh, as an independent student in North London. And uh, after that, worked for, I think, three or, th- three or so years at St. Peter's Barge in Canary Wharf which was a church plant originally out of St. Helens Bishopsgate with Marcus Nodder, you know, initiating that, that plant. So Matt's familiar with the, the whole dynamic of smaller church, flexible church, pioneering, enterprising, evangelistically driven ministry, which is the reason that church was planted in the heart of Canary Wharf to, to reach principally the people are working in, in that business district. Yeah. Grace Church Beckenham, why do you go there? So Grace Church Beckenham is essentially is a replanting of an old plant that had run out of momentum for a, a variety of, of reasons. And uh, rather than call it quits, a, a group of committed church members wanted to see something happen longer term. And so we got involved in that discussion to try and think about how we could replant Beckenham. And that led to conversations with Matt. And um, there was a sort of, there was a recognition that this is something that he wanted to do. This was a, there was a recognition that we and Gromley as well thought that actually this is something he could do and it was a good fit. Well, enjoy this first episode and uh, we'll chat to you again at the end. Delighted to be joined by Matthew Jones this afternoon. Matt, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your family. Yeah, so my name's Matt. Um, I live in Beckenham, which is Zone 4, South East London, along with my wife. We've got three kids who are seven, five and three um, and that keeps us on our toes um, and we love them. So Zone 4, Beckenham, South East London, um, give us a bit of a flavour of uh, Beckenham itself. What's it like? Who's here? Why are they here? What's it like to be here? Just give us a flavour. Yeah. So I like to think Beckenham's kind of, it's halfway between the, the hustle and bustle of central London, but then the kind of pace and space of the country. Uh, you know, you just get into car culture here. So people are in their cars rather than on public transport a bit more. Um, it's kind of historically white work, uh, Kent town, kind of middle-class town, but increasingly diverse and increasingly people, um, who were trying to buy in zone two end up buying in zone four, just become a place that, um, they wanted to move to and sort of commit to being around with the, you know, big enough house for the family, but commute into the center. Um, so is that the kind of, is it the sort of the classic? Um, aspirational, semi-wealthy, white-collar destination for people who can't afford anywhere else, but they come out here because you get an extra bedroom. Is that yeah, yeah. So it's kind of 
it's got a bit of that about it, but then it's also got historically, you know, there's a station here called Kent House because it was the first house in Old Kent. Uh, it's got a kind of half half the vibe you're explaining and then another half is uh just yeah a, a kent town that happens to be inside the m25 so just intergenerational is it, still a big thing around here um you know we have people come to church it's kind of the 30 year old daughter comes with her 60 year old mom the 30 year old son comes with his 60 year old mom to church so we've just got yeah both of those dynamics at play and um my colleague adam he'd represent the bit of Beckenham that I don't represent, um, in that he's lived around here for generations and his grandfather and his father and he all went to the primary school our kids go to. Um, so there is that kind of rootedness as well to the place. Does it, do, do people here think of themselves as living in Kent or living in London or is it depending where you've come from? Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. if, you, yeah if you just ask your estate agent to show you something what would my money buy just a little bit further out then you, you still think you're in London um, yeah uh, the other way around but yeah I mean Beckenham is a yeah we love it we really enjoy it as a place um, I think we're probably coming up to I think the next census will say we're like 30-40% non-white British background okay. in the area mm. but a lot of that would be um, uh, it's like second generation I was someone showed me some stats the other day um, it's there's loads that's great about it like it would be um top five for primary schools in the country if you're going to break it down by performance and boroughs and lots of uh you know excess extra income uh things like that and it just really struck me that the first thing the one thing that we were below average on was is life worth living it was like the <laughs> They're, ask, they're surveying people and asking them, you know, about their incomes and, and just opinions on life. And they were saying the one area that we are not, we, you know, we think of ourselves below average in the country. So hang on a second. So just so I've grasped, so, so people in Beckham don't think that life is worth living. Yeah, they've got everything that the world says makes life worth living. And actually, if you ask them, they give a below average score compared to the rest of the country. And that's just, yeah. Uh, someone here likes to say we were, we're kind of, we like to think we're a clean and green borough. Like we are very leafy and green and the houses are smart on the outside, but you kind of get behind the surface uh, and the mess is, is there and real. And yeah, we're just people who don't know their left from their right and people who are lost without, without their Lord and Savior. And um, it's weird, like historically, this was as near as the UK got to a Bible belt in terms of numbers of churches but there's just been a collapse over the last gen uh, over the last generation of numbers in churches. It's a more de-churched area, but yeah, it's just sad. You just look out and you just look back over the history of some of the churches in the area, and you just see closures and splits and moral failure and doctrinal failure. And you know, there's there's there are good things happening in churches locally in the area. There are godly leaders. There's godly leadership. But we just, yeah, we want to settle in for the long term and say we want to be, you know, like Paul t says to Titus on Crete, just appoint godly elders who know the truth, who teach the truth, who live the truth long term and just see what God wants to do as we look to play our part in reaching out to this area. Like, that's right, 95% of people here don't know Jesus uh, and are heading to an eternity without him. Um, you know, we want to do what we can in this life to be 
used by God to see people hear of him and come to trust his son. Just on, on thinking about it as a mission field, um, does, does the fact that there is variety here, which is not always immediately evident, um, but it is there bubbling away un, under the surface, is that, it, does it present an obstacle for mission in that, or, or is it an opportunity? In other words, I think, how does it work here? Because in, you know, for example, in Balham, it was, it was clear that it was a postgraduate university campus. There was a recognisable group of 20-somethings and 30-somethings, which you could sort of think that is a significant group of people. We need to make sure church gains traction with them in order to reach them with the gospel because they're only here for a while and then they'll probably leave. Whereas here, you've got, actually, you could be here in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s and 60s and so on. Is that, does that make that tricky in terms of doing church and trying to reach people evangelistically or is it, or is, or is it not? Yeah, I mean, I think we just rejoice, I rejoice that people can, we, we often say at church that we want people to come in and find it to be a place where people like me love people who are not like me. Um, so I want them to walk in and I want the first person they meet to be somebody that they can, in some sense, identify with and go, oh, you're just like me, but you're a Christian. Um, and then I want them to watch that person introduce them to somebody who is nothing like them in age and stage of life. And for that to be a, a kind of, hey, look at, what the, look at what the gospel does. The gospel actually produces that unity amidst diversity. Um, and I think, yeah, one of the things I really value about our church congregation is it does feel like that is an experience that people can have. We do represent some bits of the diversity of, of Beckenham. Um, yeah, I mean, like I was sharing with those two, those two stories, you know, people have come, the 30-year-old the has wanted to come with their 60-year-old parent and, you know, you want it to be accessible to both of those people at the same at the same time because they're each people made in the image of God and each people we want to hear the gospel yeah and I think on the occasions I've been uh, you have got all three generations wonderfully yeah. at Grace Church I think you know that's that's obvious and I think there is something about this area as well that that actually everyone is comfortable with there being three generations yeah um, you know so I I play hockey locally and Actually, in, in the summer, I was playing with 15-year-old lads who, okay, it was a mixed team and it was, it was summer hockey, but it was like, you know, I am, I could be your father. I'm, you know, I'm not a million miles away from, you know, being <laughs> grandparent. And there are people who are older than me playing in the kind of, you know, in the, in the sort of, in the, in the super vet sides. And, and yet there's a real comfort that that, that's just normal. As, you know, it's just normal. And whereas I think places I've been in the past, you think actually no, it is pretty segregated. There isn't a whole load of intergenerational mixing, and I think that's one of the distinctives I found here. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like we want the, the we want the unity to come um, because of the gospel, but it's a real blessing that there is a level of unity amongst diversity just in this area generally. Um, and I think yeah, we want to rejoice rejoice in that and say yeah, that is the kind of community that God that God wants to form. On that then, I mean, that, those are some of the convictions that have just come through very obviously there that have driven you and the family to decide to be involved in church planting and has obviously motivated others to join you in this endeavour. Just give us a bit of a history of how you've got to where you are now. How has Grace Church Beckenham come about? 
Yeah, I think um, one of the things we rejoice in is that it does feel like there's a there's a genuine plurality, a genuine group of people who want to together reach out and and see beckon and reach for Christ um, and play our part in that. Um, there was an there was an older church plant um, that um, God used in lots of ways, and we want to honor what God did. Uh, in that time, but it did, um, in the end, come to a close. Uh, but that left um, a, a few people who would just, you know, rather than just say, "Okay, uh, I don't want to be part of church planting again," that that you know, I've just been burned by that experience. They've instead gone, "Okay, um, I'm uh, recently retired, uh, burned by the experience of church planting." What what do I actually think God has put in front of me to do? How can I how can I serve Him, um, having spent uh, you know a, a career serving in um, civil service? Oh, I I want to see a, a church reach help reach Beckenham. This is where I've grown up and lived, and I want to give myself to that. Um, him and his wife just owning that <laughs> owning that call and wanting to go again um, to use a. Overly used phrase in the in the football world, but um, yeah, I think um, yeah, and then alongside another another couple, same age as me and my wife, actually knew them from university days, and um, they're just going okay, yeah, they could have just gone and been part of uh, a bigger church with uh, a clearly viable youth and children's ministry, and that would have there been lots of ways to serve there, but they. Maybe it would have felt quite comfortable for them, but instead they decided, you know, we we want to we want our days to count for as much as as we can. We want to take the plunge and get involved in seeing a a, a new church come out of what what shut, um, and just yeah, just want to honour them for taking that taking that challenge on. And it was just you know, it was one of the things that attracted me. To coming here and being part of it in the first place to just go this is not just me with one vision and then a whole load of people like trailing me, trailing in my wake um i want to say i oh, know a group of people who have been in the area a long time go we we really want to see this happen and we really want to see it happen we're ready to sacrifice to see this happen um there was a time where we uh, got a chance to put in a bid on a on a building and um the number of uh Felt like the number of days in a row where emails arrived with a kind of two a.m. timestamp on from one of the from one of the from one of the fellow elders because he'd been putting in so much work to putting in the bid. He's just like, "This is what I want to see happen." Like, I I do a busy day job, um, but I, yeah, I'm on board with the idea. I, I'm I want to be part of driving the idea that we we desperately want the gospel to go out here, um, and that's just that's just thrilling to be a part of. So how? How has it come about? I mean, you guys now you're meeting in a building, but what what happened from, in one sense, the understandable closure of a previous church plant that, in one sense, had run its course, sadly, to where you are now? How what what's happened there? What's the story? I mean, obviously, the the two families you've mentioned there have been pretty significant in driving that forward. What else has brought it about? Yeah, so. I mean, you're fond of saying, I've heard you say before, you know, church plants 
tend to either come out of growth or out of decline. And in a sense, we come out of both of the, both of those things because part of the story is the decline um, in, a, in a previous church plant. But uh, part of it is that we were, um, uh, these other guys were able to approach um, a, a local bigger church that was growing and thriving, Christchurch Bromley, um, and say to, say to them, can we come and encourage people to leave this church that is full on a Sunday morning, lots of whom come from or through Beckenham to, to get here? Um, could we encourage some of those to help a new work um, start up in the center of Beckenham? Um, and yeah, like there was, uh, yeah, gospel heartedness there to say, yeah, we don't, we don't just want to see what we're doing here flourish. We want to see, um, other thing we want to see over there flourishing as well. Um, and just, yeah, that's been exciting. And just, yeah, just think of the people that have come and been part of that journey again, uh, think of another couple who have been part somehow ended up being part of two church plants already in their lives and thought they thought they were now into a set settled into a big church and without knowing it um this suddenly landed on their laps as an opportunity and i think for good reasons maybe said oh i'm not quite sure that's the right thing for us uh, as we are at the moment and then in the end we're like oh no actually i think this is what god is is putting before us to do and to be involved in and it's just been such a blessing again for to see people just yeah counting uh, counting a cost and wanting to um be part of something um new um that would be serving the area well we hope and pray the the, the part that you touched on there played by Christchurch Bromley um it is hugely impressive isn't it i mean it is we must honor them i it, 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 i think humanly speaking it's hard to imagine how grace church beckenham could have happened without their support and generosity um, not only in, in, in the, they were the guys behind the first church plant, they welcomed back some people who'd been, um, who'd had to live through the sadness of watching something they so believed in and you know, were convinced that the Lord was behind, um, sort of struggle and falter uh, and eventually close and looked after them and loved them, but with a willingness to relaunch. I just think that's terrific. I mean, humanly speaking, it's pretty hard to understand how that would have happened without they're involved, which is fabulous. And their, their commitment's ongoing, I think, isn't it? Which is terrific. Uh, you mentioned there that um, there was a desire to want to put something in the heart of Beckenham, central Beckenham. In the world of church planting, what we'd like to do and what we end up doing are sometimes two different things. So you've had to have the building it's, uh, you know, issue. It's always the building issue, isn't it? It's what you want and what you can get are often two different things. Where did you guys launch? Yeah, so, well, um, COVID happened. It turned out. Um, I think we all remember that, um, or however much we try and block it from our from our memories. So, we launched in many, many different ways in different times. I think some kind of digital presence launched um, back in April twenty twenty. Back in April twenty twenty, when we started really trying to release evangelistic outreach things called COVID conversations. Um, so we kind of started on <laughs> not getting into that debate, but we. Um, no, go, just give us a flavour of that though, because that's, I mean, that was, that's characteristic of you, both your evangelistic heart and sort of opportunistic um, sort of uh, instinct. What were the COVID conversations and, and how did the Lord use those? Yeah, so we, 
we tried to hit issues. I think lots of other churches around the around the area were around the country were all kind of copying each other and learning from each other as we went, but just trying to hit issues where um you know where previous experiences lined up with what COVID was dealing with us at the time. So at points we did something on um unemployment and mental health as kind of interview interviews and short talks, um, just starting with that felt with that felt need, um, just interviewing people who've had just massive life changes in the past and how God's held them, held them through that. Um, and I think, yeah, the numbers of people listening implies it was well used, well used by God. Um, and we had a couple of people just come from that and transition into doing kind of Christianity Explore course online during that, during that time. Um, and we want to keep praying on for, praying on for them. Um, yeah, so we just, yeah. We, <laughs> A whole biz- COVID opened up a whole world of uh, of things, didn't it? And a whole, yeah, didn't never knew what questions people were asking as a nation. You know, like let's reflect. Um, in terms of what it meant for venues, yeah, we had what we thought was a good venue option in the center of in the center of Beckenham pre-COVID. We'd had one meeting in there. Um, then that was that was changed. Um, that that has closed and is only just reopening. And now um, and that we sort of realized it wasn't going to be an option when we looked to launch in September, 2021, um, fully and finally. Um, and we sort of plug was pulled on that six weeks before we started. We sort of finally realized it wasn't going to reopen, um, in time six weeks before, but then God was really kind to just open the door at the last minute to meet in, in a mansion in Beckenham place park, which is a kind of, yeah, big park nearby the mansion makes it sound grander than it is and it's got a kind of shabby chic vibe bordering on the shabby but um you know we just had unexpectedly you know unexpectedly large numbers of people who would every week there'd be people crossing the threshold um especially in the kind of when the weather was nicer just because they they were de-churched and had some connection with church and seeing the existence of a church there where they were having so leisure time. Um, the venue had some, always had negatives <laughs> attached to it. We've actually moved into a school back near the center of Beckenham now, but, um, just think, yeah, God was really kind. It turns out God knows what he's, what he's doing. Um, the mansion enabled us to kind of advertise more widely for our kind of Christmas and Easter events. And those, those seem to really go with a bang in terms of, numbers of people crossing the threshold for the first time and just hearing something of the Lord Jesus. And you just think, okay, God, God knows what he's doing. Um, and we can, we're, we're on the journey with him, but, um, but it's extraordinary. I mean, going back, so 2020, um, what, uh, you, you, you were online with COVID conversations and that in one sense, you almost launched by default at that point. I, remind me of the timeline. Were you due to launch Easter 2020 live, or was it September 2020 sort of first public gathering? So we, we were due to launch September 2020, um, sort of with weekly with weekly services. Um, I mean, this is just another one of those moments where you just think, God, God knows what He's doing, even when it doesn't feel like it at the time. Um, so Christchurch Bromley had some um, stuff, some staffing problems, and um, we. <laughs> At the exact moment that we were unable to launch physically because of uh, because of COVID, is the exact moment that they suddenly 
with two preaching, two members of the preaching staff down. Um, and instead of launching a church in Beckenham, the good work God had prepared and advanced me to do was to be preaching on a regular basis at Christchurch Bromley. And it just, it's just a reminder, isn't it? Like we don't, we don't do things to build our own kingdom. We're trying to just do the good works that God has actually put in front of us to do and receive the blessing he has actually given us at that time, rather than spending all our time thinking, oh, I, maybe it should have been this or that. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, you know, it, was, it was good for us as a church plant to just go, no, the thing that is best at this moment of time, clear what God wants us to be doing now. They want he wants us to be serving Christchurch Bromley at this time, um, partnering with them, remaining with them, and then launching fully in September 2021, which is what we which is what we did. So you guys have just had your first anniversary opportunity to celebrate the first birthday a couple of weeks ago. As you look back on perhaps especially the last year, what would you say are some of the the highlights, perhaps even the lowlights, the the, the times of disappointment, discouragement on the times of real excitement where you think I would, I do not want to be involved in anything else but this. Or the times where you say I, I would happily be involved in anything else but this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think maybe just all ministry feels intense, but it does feel like this last year has been a particularly intense set of highs and lows. Like it just feels like just life has happened to the church family maybe a bit quicker than I thought it would um she had the first births in the church and first pregnancies in the church but we've also had deaths of people close to the church family uh, which has been you know close up it's been incredibly painful to walk with people through that um we've had the first um marriage finally celebrated in the church after covid but first marriage difficulties had the first been really exciting to see the first baptisms in the church um people are sort of solid in their faith uh, ready to say okay yeah no I, I do want to live my life for Jesus I'm ready to proclaim that publicly um but then we've also had people walk away from the church sort of without giving full explanation um it just like in just all of those things depends what's happened that that day or that week uh, as you work out what that yeah, how you how you feel on any given day, and you want to just learn to trust the Lord and say, like we've been working through the book of Acts at the moment, and just yeah, Jesus is Stephen sees it as he's being stoned to death. Stephen sees Jesus actually risen and reigning and standing at, at the Father's side, working in this world, even when it doesn't look like it. Um, you know, he is building his church. That is that is exciting, um, even when it doesn't look like it. Um, and it's just, yeah, sometimes it looks like it, <laughs> other times it doesn't, um, but it's always true, isn't it? Um, so I think that's been, that's been good for us to remember and exciting to be a part of. Um, yeah, I mean, we just want to have a heart that, uh, in our, on our better days, the thing that thrills us most is, you know, seeing people hearing the gospel and there being like spiritual opportunities, um, on that, what are you guys doing or what have you guys done over the last year to intentionally try to reach the people of Beckenham with the good news of the gospel? Yeah. So um, we want to be in, like, we are, inten- we are intentional about what we tried to do. We've tried uh, a number of different things with uh, starting up different 
trying to start a book group, trying to um, run Christianity Explored, Life Explored, flyering in the park alongside um, being in the mansion, um, trying to release advertising on social media, um, things like that. It just, just want to honor the fact that the Lord often works despite us or um, in spite of us, whatever it is. Um, you know, a guy rocking up to me at the end of park run just finds out that he, that I go to church. I just mentioned that. And he's just like straight out, is it good? Can I come? Well, like my, my wife went to drinks with some people at the school gate the other day and um, just sat down next to a lady she hadn't talked to before and just mentions that her husband's a pastor and just straight out, there was a kind of, oh yeah, my husband's been really, really seriously considering Christianity. And he's like, been on Alpha course, but I don't think he's involved with that church anymore. And just a load of stuff has happened in his life. Just curveballs have, have come, and it's just, you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. It's not really about us being intentional. <laughs> like we want to, we're along for the ride. Um, as God uh, opens doors, it, you know, that's just been the kind of reality of the experience, and we just want to work with what the Lord sends and pray into it. Um, yeah, this lady. This is a lovely couple at the church um, and she'd finished doing, working through the word one-to-one with someone, um, uh, a, a Christian lady. She was just like, Lord, I just, I just pray that you'd bring along a new person for me to start going through the word one-to-one with the other one and finished naturally. And like into the church the next week walks a lady who's calling herself a seeker, may well be a young believer. Um, for this for the second time it turns out she lives like a hundred meters away from this lady who was praying and you're just like huh so wow that's a good way of being intentional <laughs> like praying the lord opens up the door uh you know and they've started yeah they've had the first couple of sessions of word one to, going through the word one-to-one now and just like okay god is at work in this place as we pray as we look for opportunities um the intentional stuff we're doing at the moment, um, we are we're trying to trying to work with the fact that we've got quite a few fours to eleven fours to elevens like primary school age kids, um, and that when you're trying to reach people who are parts of families, often you have to work you're working with the whole family at the same time. So we're running monthly family fun sessions as a kind of first step into the church life, and uh, different ones look different. Um, we've had a a family quiz. Um, we'll have a light party. We'll have Christmas and Easter, a magic show with a Christian magician. Um, and you just, just think we're praying that's a good first step and that it leads on into lots of other steps um, into hearing the gospel and just seeing what spiritual hunger there is already out there. Um, so excited about that. Um, and just, yeah, we want to try, um, we're going to try and do a little book group around the air we breathe, which is Glenn Scrivener's new Glenn Scrivener's new book. I just happened again, just happened to have bumped into somebody at playing squash and he said, it turns out like he's a Hindu, but turns out he's been he's read the whole of Dominion, the book by Tom Holland, which is like a you know, it's like a proper doorstop book, isn't it? And you're just yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So you know, and then Glenn Scrivener's books are advertised by by Tom Holland. Um we sort of got the got the got the thumbs up from from Tom Holland in lots of ways. Um, 
a just a helpful starting point and we think it will be in this area so we're going to that's some of the things we're we're trying to reach out you know loads of highs and lows along the way um at one point we were starting to go oh is the lord going to provide the size of launch team that we were that we we were hoping and praying he would um Richard got together as a church and decided to have a kind of week of prayer just to commit this whole thing to the Lord and um, pray to be raising up workers for the harvest field. And, um, you know, I kid you not, sort of midway through the week, she texts, this lady texts one person in the church family, just said, I'm moving to Beckenham. Can you tell me more about sort of the church scene in Beckenham? Um, And just on the last night of this week of prayer, she comes along to the church service um, at Christchurch Bromley and it's just like, so I'm, I'm moving to Beckenham. I'm, I'm really gifted in, well, it turns out she was really gifted in graphic design, in building websites uh, and in wanting to serve church planting in London. And that she lined up with us very closely, convictionally. We're just like, huh, again, the Lord is actually at work. Um, American lady come over with, an American mission organization and asked to just go and see what was happening in Beckenham. And we were happening in Beckenham um, and she wanted to be a part of that. And that's just been such a example of the Lord at work. Well, look, Matt, I'm, I'm hugely grateful for your time and it's thrilling to hear everything that the Lord has been doing. If people wanted to find out more, they wanted to connect with you in some way, or they wanted to support you, how can people get hold of you, find out more about what's going on at Grace Church Beckenham? As long as Adam's all right with it, we'll put my email in the show notes um, so people can get in touch. We've got a prayer letter. We'd love people to just want to hear more stories of what God's God's doing and celebrate that and pray into that. Um, yeah, and inevitably the church planter in me says, if you ever feel the pull of Southeast London, it's lovely out here, brackets. There's a whole load of people who need to hear about Jesus and we want uh, more workers in the harvest field here. Um, and we'd love to see... Um, we'd love to see church plants uh, all over uh, all over the southeast um, of London, in particular. That's the area that we, where where we are, and we're you know we're we're tiny. If the Lord if the Lord chooses to give growth, we want to be faithful with what He chooses to give. Um, he may well not, but we we just want to um, serve Him and have a heart that longs for this this area. You know, just the borough of Bromley alone is three hundred thirty thousand people. We'd love to see more and more opportunities for more and more people to hear the gospel and come to trust his son. And lastly, I mean, as, as, as we go away from this, um, what could we be praying for you as those who've enjoyed listening to all that you've said? Yeah, we just, hopefully it's been pretty clear as we've gone that most of the things that seem to have actually been uh, exciting and have had God part of them are things that we've prayed for and that God has answered those prayers for. We just want to be praying that God does just keep bringing spiritual hunger across our path um, and that he's, he's at work in people's lives. Like his, his sheep are out there. Um, some of them haven't heard the gospel yet, hadn't heard his voice and, and responded yet. And we want to pray his sheep come and hear his voice. Um, and he opens the doors for that. Yeah, we'd love you to just pray for us as a core team. As, yeah, people have been hit a lot in life has just dealt them a whole load of challenges and just pray that we keep trusting the Lord, trusting he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, that would be, those would be the big things to, to pray for, I think. Thank you. So Adam, what did you make of that? Yeah, I thought it was a great conversation. I was just chatting about the family 
like, you know, we talk about a planter going in someplace and planting and that sort of thing, but it, it does take a community to start a church. It's not just a pastor. It takes a leader of course. Yeah. Uh, it does take, you know, financial resources. It does take training, all these sorts of things, but it requires people with a heart for the Lord and a heart for the city mm-hmm. to go to those places and, and be a part of that church plant where in a big church, uh, it, you can blend in and you can, you know, help every fourth Sunday or every sixth Sunday on something or not at all. Yeah. Uh, we're in a small church. It's all hands on deck and yeah. everybody's, you know, mucking in, you know, getting things done. And I think in that situation, it's extraordinary that there are some people who've done that at least once, sometimes twice before. Yeah. Uh, not spread over 20 years, but over the last decade, perhaps less than that. I can think of one of the families that is mentioned there that have been part of two church plants and the two couples that Matt referred to were part of the original church plant, which hit the buffers. It didn't work. And that mm. was, that was hard to cope with. That was tricky. That was disappointing. And yet they, they went again. You think that's pretty impressive Yeah, uh, to do that again, knowing this time, okay, I, I know what's involved in church planting. I know the cost that's involved, the sacrifice that it takes, and they were willing to do it again. I think I was struck by three things. Um, I, I was struck by his and their determination to see everything through the lens of the gospel. It's very possible to look at Beckenham Zone for existence uh, and you see a lovely suburb. It's a nice place to live. And he cheekily says at the end, you know, look, it's a lovely place to live, but it's a place of great spiritual need. Mm. So in other words, they see a place through the lens of the gospel, not through the lens of the, the estate agent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a place of great spiritual need, uh, where you are blinded to your spiritual reality by the comfort that you live. And yeah. that, yet this bizarre realization that actually people are unhappy. The second thing that was striking was that um, they were prepared to be ambitious for the gospel. So not only seeing their situation through the lens of the gospel, but actually being willing to be ambitious for the gospel, to be enterprising, to take risks, to face what is clearly an uncertain future and say, we're going to have a go, Yeah, you know, under God, independence upon him, let's do something bold and ambitious for the sake of the gospel. And you just think that is, that is fantastic. And some of these guys have done it before and they're doing it again and it didn't work out the last time, but that's okay because they're going to go again. Mm. And I just think that's really impressive. I think that comes out of the first one. When you see a place through the lens of the gospel, you see spiritual need, you are, in one sense, prepared to be ambitious for the sake of the gospel. In other words, it's, we're here, we could be really comfortable, but we're going to stay up until two o'clock, reading through some spreadsheets, trying to work Mm. out whether we've got money, putting an email together and sending it to to Matt and the rest of the elders to talk about the possibility of doing something going forward. That is a, that's about being ambitious for the gospel. Yeah. Amen. I thought the third thing that was critical was that they were making decisions in the light of the gospel. Yeah. So it is entirely possible there to be a Christian, to get in your car, drive 10 minutes and go to a church like Christchurch Bromley, which is a terrific church where their family will be well looked after and their kids will be well looked after. But for the sake of Beckenham, to reach the people of Beckenham, they're prepared to forego perhaps a bigger youth work, um, perhaps being on the, the service roster less frequently, be part of a bigger congregation with a more established past and perhaps a more certain future. And to say, do you know what? 
for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the people who live here, we're going to try and do something. And so that sacrifice that's driven by a gospel concern. Mm. Well, that's it from us this episode. We'll be back next month with Sam Gibb from Hope Church Vauxhall. Until next time. <laughs>